right. And I'll be here tonight, and let's go ahead and take our Bibles. And I've turned to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to continue some thoughts from 1 Peter chapter 4 here tonight. And uh, we're going to look at the first 11 verses, so I'll just start by reading these verses to you here tonight. And we're going to consider here tonight, what shall we do with the rest of our time? What shall we do with the rest of our time? And it comes right from the text, and so I'm going to read this passage of Scripture here tonight. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who should give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead, for for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do as of ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to consider a thought here from verse number two, where the Bible says that we, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to lust of men, but to the will of God. And I want to use that verse in considering this thought, this question, if you would, what will you do with the rest of your time? Let's pray as we consider this thought here tonight. Father, we do thank you again for time. We thank you again for life. We thank you for opportunity. We thank you for gifts and talents that you've given us. We thank you for the life you've given us. And tonight, as we consider what we will do with the rest of our time, I pray we would take this to heart and uh, consider it, as uh, Peter again encourages these people to do. Again, help us with this message. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I think one of the most important things you can consider is your time and what you do with your time. And so here we find Peter address this basic thought, how will you use your life or the rest of your time? You know, we had a time in our life where we lived according to the flesh and talks about that in Titus and other places and uh, talks about it here. Doing the lust of the will of men, verse number three. But we're not to use our time that way anymore. 
Since the time someone gets saved, their life should change, and the change should be in the use of their time. You know, I'm coming up on 35 years of being saved. Uh, May of next year, it will be my 35th birthday. I was saved at 19. You know, I can't believe that 35 years has passed that fast. It's hard to believe that we've been here 22 years in ministry. Time passes very fast. I mean, I think of even COVID, that's 2019. We're in 2024. I mean, think of how fast things go, how fast life goes by. What should we do with the rest of our time? What should we do with the rest of our life? What will you do with the rest of your life? What will you do with the rest of your time? You know, some of us are middle-aged, and we certainly think about that. You know, I was thinking about this game I played at a barista that we picked up, and it has 101 spots on it. And uh, when you play this game, it's, it's multiplication, subtraction, just a fun game that we play or whatever. And, uh, you, you know, you move around the board, and you can get to the, close to the end, and you've got to hit 101 to win. And you've got to get two pegs to get there or whatever and, and win that way. But anyway, so you think of that board, and, and uh, I think about a person's life. If you live to be 101 years old, you know, I'm past half as far as my life is concerned. <clears throat> No, if I live to be as old as my dad, I've only got about 25 years left of my life. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It really is hard to believe. I mean, I I can still remember when I was a kid. I can remember taking a bike and pedaling that little bike and and going on different treks, go for trapping and all kinds of different things we did as kids. You know, I I was less than eight years old, and I can remember those times. In the past, and it doesn't seem that far and that long ago. I know to kids, you look at life and you say, you know, 50 is a long ways down the road for me. You know, a kid, you know, Josiah would be like, 50? What is that? Oh, uh, let's do my math problem. I got my math problem. What is it, Joey? 39, 39 years from now. Now, 39 years from now isn't that far away. You might think that. But it just isn't really that far away. I mean, I remember my dad was 50. Easily. I remember a lot of things that my dad did when he was 50. I'm 50 now. And I think about my life and I think, hey, what am I going to do the rest of my time? And, and the Bible talks about what are you going to do with the rest of your time? You know, we spend time every day doing something. And they say you spend your time what you believe is most important. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. You, you say what is most important. I think for parents sometimes it's not always what's most important. It's what has to be done or what needs to be done sometimes when it comes to our use of time. You know, when it comes to time, we, we do direct our life and our use of time in our life. But again, I think about my mom and dad and their generation. And I thought, you know, their time is almost over. The baby boomers, their time is just about over. We won't be hearing about baby boomers 20 years from now, or there'll be just a scant few of baby boomers 20 years from now. You know, I think of my mom's generation, my dad's generation. I think about, you know, more of uh, people on my mom's side have died now. We, we've lost three of them. And I think about my dad's side, and there's only one really left on my dad's side. And he's 91. 
And I think about how fast time goes. And uh, Peter addresses this subject of time here. He says, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. We walked in the past and used our time in a different manner. And he talks about that. But we should no longer, verse number two, use the rest of our time to lust the flesh, to lust the men, but to the will of God. We are not to use our time like the rest of the world does to a large degree, and, and maybe how we used to use it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, he talks about time there, and, and in several places here in 1 Peter. Let's just back up here. 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse number 5, he talks about time here. It says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter talks about Jesus is going to be revealed in the last time. Verse number 11 talks about time here again. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Of what time? The prophets spoke about the time of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, it says, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in this last time for you. Christ manifest in the last time. We are in the last time. Time is important. Time isn't to be wasted. Look at chapter 4, verse number 17. I haven't read this verse yet, but it, at least not at this, this evening. It says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? For the time has come that judgment must come. Chapter 5, verse number 6. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the, the elder. Yea, all they that be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I think I got my reference wrong there. Uh, verse 6, it says, humble, I was reading verse 5, sorry about that. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. There's due time. And there is time. It's been said that time should not be wasted. It's, it's been said that time is value. It's been said that time goes by so fast, so quickly. People wondered why Peter addresses this subject of time here. And some have said it's because he knew his time was coming when he was going to be a martyr. So he wrote on the subject of suffering. And I don't know that to be the case, but, you know, maybe it's a possibility. He's writing on the subject of time maybe also because he had wasted some of his time. It talks about we there in verse 3. For the time past of our life may suffice us to rot the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, loss, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. 
And so there's some things here that we can learn from Peter and from the scriptures when it comes to time. I want to give you four thoughts here tonight from this passage of scripture when it comes uh, comes to this, this thing of time. First of all, we need to leave off the sin of our past life and wisely use our time. We need to leave off the sin of our past life and seek to use wisely our time. The Bible says there in verse 2 that we should no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. It's only a question we can answer for Christians. Are we living our life to the will of God? Are we living our life to the will of our flesh or to the lust of men? Are we on a pathway to just kind of going through life and going from day to day and there's really not that much difference between us and others in the world? We need to cease from sin. The Bible talks about ceasing from sin. In verse 1, it says, He has suffered and the flesh has ceased from sin. Chapter 4, verse number 1, last part of the verse, For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Sin is an enemy, and we shouldn't have really anything to do with it any longer. I mean, Christians, I mean, it's what put Jesus out on the cross. It's what sends people to hell. It's sin. It's an enemy to us, and it's an enemy to the will of God. We avoid the work of the devil. We are to avoid the works of the flesh. We avoid to waste our time on wicked, sinful, sensual, lustful things. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. You know, the, the use of our life after we've been saved by grace has a, a bearing on certainly the lives of other people. We use our life to the flesh, to, to the, again, uh, just doing things maybe that we like to do or fun to do or maybe the world is doing and they're having a good old time doing it. They're, they're partying, they're having their good old time, they're drinking, they're they're consuming and they're wasting their time. What will that do with our life? It certainly might lead to some regrets, but our life should be different. And so the Bible encourages us to live a different life after we've been saved by grace. Notice here in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 28, the Bible says, And, and now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear we shall be confident. And not ashamed before a man is com- coming. If you know that he is righteous, he knoweth that everyone that doeth righteous is born of God. It goes on there in chapter 3. It says, Behold what man of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear that we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself as he is pure. You know, we should be living a different life. A pure life. A different life. A Christ-like life. A Christ-centered life. Avoiding the, de- the devil's works and avoiding the sins of the past. Let's turn back to our text there in 1 Peter there, chapter 4. 
What shall you do with your life? Or what shall you do with the rest of your time? Well, don't allow sin to control your time or control your life. Uh, change your course. Remember where you come from. It goes on and, and talks about that remembering again to some degree. Here he, he reminds them of their past life there. It says there in his past life, he says, For the time past of our life may suffice us to rot the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries. You look at that and you might say, never did any of that. I never did any of that kind of stuff. I wasn't someone involved with lasciviousness. Well, maybe lust. Lust can be covetousness. Lust can be sexual. Lust can be desires for ambitions, etc. Excess of wine. Someone says, I didn't drink, whatever it might be. But you do have a past. If you're saved, you have a past life. And we're to remember that past life to some degree. Let's turn to Titus chapter 3. That past life. Why remember that past life? To some degree, I believe you should remember that past life so you can remember where you came from. And also remember that you've made some progress along the way. You also, again, should sit, as the Bible says sometimes, sit where they sit, so to speak. And uh, realize that, you know, people are maybe in the same place you were one, at one time in the past. You were just lost. You might have been religious and lost. You might be reckless and lost. But well, you're lost, none the same. We're to remember the past and the salvation that God gave us. Titus chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every, evil, every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing meekness, all meekness unto men. And then notice this verse is important. It says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. See, verse 3 is our past life. That's my past time, living in some of those things. Then it says, but after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, uh, a man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing, regeneration, and renewing the Holy Ghost. And so we have a past life. And we're to leave it behind that past life. But we are to remember sometimes where we came from. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 5. I think sometimes it'd be good for Christians to consider where they came from. And if they just understand, I came simply from a lost state. A lost state that varies from person to person. But every person is born lost. Every person needs to be saved. Every person needs to be converted. But sometimes remembering that past lives helps us to, to understand that some people around us are just plainly lost. That's why they act like they do. That's why they say the things they do. And that's why sometimes they're not kind to us, but they're mean to us sometimes. Not because, you know, something's wrong with them. They're just in that past life right now. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, the Bible says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence with a mighty hand, and by a stretched out an hour. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep 
the Sabbath day. Even the Jews of old were to remember they were servants in the land of Egypt. I think we do well to remember we were servants of sin. Servants of Satan. Not servants of God. And that ought to humble us to know that grace came to us. And so again, if we're going to live the rest of our life as we should, we need to leave off that past life. But also if you turn to our text there in 1 Peter chapter 4, and uh, verse number 6, uh, I'll go ahead and read verse number 6. We looked at verse number 4. Well, let's read verse 4. I, I think we'll go down 4 through verse number 6. So we have that past life talked about there. Verse 3, it says, Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right, of, of right speaking evil of you, who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but, to, but live according to God in the Spirit. There's another thing I believe, again, that would help us to live the rest of our life in a, in a, in a way that would please the Lord is to be patient with those that are still not saved and they, those that ridicule us and mock us. They just really don't get it. And they won't get it unless they're converted. Verse number four, it says, Wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them the same excess of right speaking evil of you. Why don't you come drink with me? Why don't we go partying tonight? Maybe you don't have people ever come to you that way, but if you're part of that crowd, there's probably people that say, you know, why are you not doing this anymore? You used to like this. You used to love this. You used to be the party on wheels. Because I'm different now. The last one understand why you've changed or how you changed to some degree. Someone says, why is that? Well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's because they're plainly lost, just like you are lost. You know, again, when it comes to music or whatever you might do, they might say, well, boy, that's weird. You're listening to Christian music. Why are you listening to that? You're weird. You're strange. You're odd. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, the Bible says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The problem with the lost is they, they've got distortion when it comes to their mind. They can't think straight to so some, some, some extent. The Bible says that the God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the minds of them that believe not. They cannot see spiritually. They cannot perceive what really matters. They do not have the same goals. They think you're mad. They might think you're bad. They might think you're crazy. They might think I'm crazy. Let's turn to Acts chapter 26. They might look at your life and say, you're wasting your life. You're wasting what could be. You could be making money. You could be doing this with your life. You could be doing that with your life. But be patient with them. Why? They're still lost. And they're still blind. Matthew chapter 
26 mentions some things about that. We're going to skip over that, but here in Acts chapter 26 and uh, verse number 24, Acts 26, verse 24, Paul was accused of being mad or crazy, or you could say insane. Acts chapter 26, verse number 24 it says, and as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, this is a quiet thing that went on there, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning hath made thee mad. Maketh thee mad. You've learned some things, and you're mad. You're crazy. You know, people will look at you and say, you know, what's going on in your life? It doesn't seem like you're the same person. Things seem to change. Well, it's because they're lost. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I don't expect them to understand why I do what I do as a Christian or why Christians do what they do. I don't, I don't expect even children to understand sometimes where their Christian parents do what they do. Why don't I expect them to believe? Because they can't see it. They can't perceive it. They have not the Spirit of God. They don't see things the same way. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 24 through verse number 26. But what should we do with the rest of our time? We should be patient with the lost. And we should seek to win the lost. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 says, Servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt or able to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preventure will give them repentance to acknowledge the truth, that they may recover themselves of the snare of the devil, or taken captive by him at his will. It's Satan's will to have captives. It's Satan's will to blind minds. And the servant of the Lord must come along and seek to teach and instruct in meekness and humbleness the words of truth, and deliver them the gospel that they might be saved. And so how should we live the rest of our time? We should be patient with the lost. Who will ridicule us? And we should seek to win them because they are lost, just like we were at one time. Let's turn back to Second Peter chapter 3, and I'll hurry along with these two final points. I can't spend a whole lot of time here. Again, the message is certainly going to get too long. But uh, I do want to mention here, there's some more thoughts here that Peter gives us and the scriptures gives us on how to use our time after we've been saved by grace and how we can do this to the will of God. Uh, verse number seven, it picks up. It says, for the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As man hath received gifts, it goes on there, but I'm not going to, again, look at this quite yet. But again, on this third point, how should we use our, our time, the rest of our time? We should seek to practice our faith. Practice our faith. How can we practice our faith? Peter gives us three pointers on how to practice our faith. Verse number seven, he says, be sober, be serious. Christians, please be serious about your Christian faith. You know, there's plenty of goofballs out there in the world, and they're, they're talking about, you know, faith and this and that, and, and they're just not serious about this thing. Matters of heaven and hell are most serious matters, and our, our faith needs to be something we're serious about. 
something we live for. And so we find here in the Bible, the Bible says, be sober. And so I'll just leave that there. Be sober. The Bible also says, watch unto prayer. In other words, be praying. Be serious. And then secondly, be praying. Watch unto prayer. In other words, as Jesus, again, took time to pray. Christian, take time to pray. Please take time to pray. Again, someone says, how, how should I use my time? Let's, let's do some praying. Bible talks about that need to, to pray. And then verse number eight says this, and put above these things for whatever reason, it says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. And so there's a third B here. Be sober, be praying, be charitable. Be charitable. You can find out what charity is about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and uh, verse number 4 through verse number 7. But it mentions there being kind, being well behaved, be rejoicing in the truth, be enduring, be hopeful, be helpful, be charitable. And then finally here, third point here on practicing your faith, it mentions here be hospitable. It says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. You know, it's one thing to be hospitable. In other words, you know, extending yourself or your, your life to someone else, maybe opening up your doors to benefit someone else or opening up your kitchen or whatever, maybe help someone else or helping a stranger that comes to town or whatever it might be. It mentions here, use hospitality one to another without grudging. In other words, if you can help a fellow believer in some way, you should be seeking to do that. I should be seeking to do that. In other words, practice your faith. Don't talk about your faith. Don't know your faith only, but seek to benefit others by being hospitable. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 14. I just want to say this. It's interesting in the Old Testament, people will talk about, again, the Old Testament, and they'll talk about the New Testament, and they'll say, you know, the Old Testament... Under the law, they had to do things. And uh, they were expected to do certain things. And a lot of the things you see in the Old Testament, you also find in the New Testament, but reemphasized or maybe even uh, changed in different ways. You'll find in the Old Testament, things were due to the letter of the law, and people would do things according to the letter of the law, so to speak. But they weren't doing things according to the spirit of the law. And that's something I'm going to talk about maybe sometime. We learned a little bit about that when we went to the preacher's meeting. And I think there's a, a difference there. Uh, doing things according to letter of law is just about duty. Anybody, and I think this is neat to think about, but anybody can do in a moment of time the things in the law, right? I mean, you look at the law, keep the Sabbath day, right? Can anybody do that? Unbeliever, believer, doesn't matter. You can do that. But wanting to keep the Sabbath, that's a whole different story. In the New Testament, Jesus emphasizes the need to keep things according to the spirit of the law. In other words, because you want to do it. And because you have the spirit of God to do it. Anyways, I don't want to get off on that rabbit trail too far, but Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse number 28, the Bible says the end of... Uh, uh, Deuteronomy, sorry, sorry there, verse number 28. 
it says, And the end of three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithes of thine increase in the same year, and shall lay it up within the gates. And so tithing the Old Testament sometimes was done a little different than today. Let's say that for sure. Um, three years, bringing forth, all that kind of stuff. Verse 29, it says, And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come, and shall eat and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in the work of thine hand, which thou doest. So they were to take their money to give to individuals that needed it for the purpose of helping them. And what was the reward for doing it? Verse number 29, it says the last part of the verse. It says, and they shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in the work of thine hand, which thou doest. You know, why do you do the law or why would you follow the law or why would you be hospitable to some degree for your own benefit? For your own benefit. I'm not saying to do it because it'll benefit you, but they were to seek to bless the stranger. They were to seek to bless the, the widow. They were spread, seek to bless the Levite. And, and they, it mentions because in verse number 29, the Levite doesn't have an inheritance in, in the land. And so you just need to help them out because they're in service for the Lord. And, and so you give to them that you might be blessed the Lord. Why do we practice our faith to some degree? It's so that we be blessed of God. So be sober, be charitable, be hospitable. And then there's one final point here I want to mention here. It's mentioned in the scriptures back there in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10 and 11. Uh, what should we do with the rest of our time? We should seek to practice our faith, but also... In verse number four, it mentions, I mean, sorry, in verse number 10 and 11, it mentions specifically using our gifts or gift. The Bible says in verse number 10, it says, And every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles God. If any man minister, let him do as the ability which God giveth that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be praise and dominion forever and ever. What if we never use our gifts? What if you don't use gifts or things, abilities that you have? You're going to lack giving glory to God. It mentions there, if a man is able to speak the oracles of God, it mentions there, He's to do it according to the ability which God has given to him. And certainly there's different abilities when it comes to people being able to maybe talk about the things of the Lord. And the purpose of using their life to speak is that God in all things might be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be praise and dominion forever and ever. So God would give glory from their speaking. Not that they would receive glory, but that God would get glory. And so we use our gifts for the glory of God. If we don't use our gifts, we're not using what God has given us. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. What are your gifts? I don't know what your gifts are, but you probably know what your gifts might be. Again, as we think about this thing of gifts, again, there's differences in, in people's being able to give and gift 
different things. But we find here, again, here some of the gifts mentioned here. And I just want to mention these in Romans chapter 12. Again, uh, we could start at verse number 1, but I'm not going to start there. But we'll skip down to verse number 6, where it talks specifically about these gifts. Verse 1 talks about giving your body as a living sacrifice to God. And certainly, again, if you're giving your life as a sacrifice to God, you'll take and use your gifts for His glory. In verse 6, it says, Having then gifts differing one according to the grace that is given unto us, whether it be prophecy, let us prophesy it according to the portion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth, let him do it with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with the love in honor, preferring one another. And it goes on there and talks about not being slothful and all those kind of things. But it mentions gifts. And I have these gifts circled there in my Bible. Verse number six, prophecy. Verse seven, ministry. Verse seven, teaching. Verse eight, exhortation. There's a gift of giving. There's a gift of ruling. There's a gift of mercy. You have one of those gifts if you're a Christian. God graciously gives you at least one of those gifts. And it mentions here gifts, not gift. Having therefore gifts differing according to the grace of God. And so what should we do with the rest of our time? Use our gifts, our talents our abilities for the glory of God. Now you can live the rest of your time however you want. And I can live the rest of our time however I want. But how should we live our time? Let's turn back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 2. We shouldn't waste it. We should invest in doing the will of God. Not to live after the lusts of men, but to do the will of God. Verse number two, it says and that he should no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. How can we use this time? We can leave off sin that controlled our life. We can be patient with those that are lost, seeking to win them. We can practice our faith and we can use our gifts. These are some thoughts on how you can use your time. Let's go ahead and close as we consider the word of God here tonight.